Hello, and welcome to the Mirror Stage Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to acknowledge that we're on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle, the Duwamish people, past and present, and honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Mirror Stage Podcast. Kiki here. My pronouns are they, them. And I'm Ty. My pronouns are he, him. And we at Mirror Stage are a multidisciplinary performing arts company working in the Pacific Northwest. Here at Mirror Stage, we use the power of storytelling to challenge assumptions, bias and prejudice, increasing equity and inclusion while encouraging more thoughtful reflection on today's issues. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. So welcome back to another Ty and Kiki Take On. Ty, what is new with Mirror Stage? So everyone, we're all working on our next season of events here at Mirror Stage with plans to kick off our 24-25 season with a brand new event debuting this summer. Now, mind you, everything is still in the works, but we're excited to share an exclusive preview right here, right now for our podcast listeners. We've been cooking up a wonderful event called Harmony and Heritage, a celebration of Black music and culture set against the vibrant backdrop of Seattle. Envision a day where music isn't just heard, but felt, where every note tells the story of a rich, diverse heritage. Harmony and Heritage is going to be more than just an event. It's a testament to the enduring spirit and creativity of Black artists. This is going to be a one-day event that we're planning for sometime in August, so we'll be bringing you more details about that as we get them locked in. Yeah. And as we get closer to the event, we'll have more information for you all. But just that we were talking about it and it seemed like during our Black History Month episodes is a good time to start spreading the news about this really exciting thing that we've been working on. That's been brewing for a while over here with us. Um, But we'll also have information down later, of course, in our call to actions about events and stuff you can go do for Black History Month since we are going to be mid by the time you all hear this episode. Um, But we all did a little bit of art viewing ourselves. That's what this episode is about. So we want to talk to you all about our journey to the Central District. And we're going to mix it up a little bit. So it's about the Central District and Midtown. But, um, oh, excuse me, Midtown Square, which is where we all went to go see the Art Noir exhibit. But we have our special guest, Angie, here, who will be asking us questions this time around. Hello, everybody. It's good to be here again. And so I live not far from Art Noir, and I've been there a few times um, since it's been open and had been telling Kiki and Ty about it and wanted them to see the Midtown Square project where um, we are now having a, a reinvigoration of Black businesses and Black restaurants in the square around 23rd and Union. And Art Noir is a gallery that uh, Vivian Phillips, who's been on our podcast, um, had been working on trying to get this going for over 20 years, and now she has this gallery. So I want to ask the two of you, what did you feel and how did you feel about going to the gallery and the the exhibit that you saw, plus all of the other art uh, that's being sold there, because Vivian is very, very focused in art noir, that the artists that exhibit and the vendors that exhibit get um, all of their funds from the the, uh, sale of their crafts. Um, So I'm just interested in how you felt about what you saw. Well, 
I was incredibly excited to go to Art Noir um, and just to to be in a space that showcases Black art um, because I feel like that is what I live my life to to be and create. It's it's Black art and uh, to see it executed at the level and put on the uh, the level of care put into um, showcasing the exhibit that we saw um, was incredible and uh, and just so listeners know the exhibit that was uh that is currently on display at art noir is called once upon a space time step into a cosmic odyssey where the celestial dance of femininity blackness inner enlightenment and all of creation unfold this collection of ethereal artworks by aramis hamer transcends the boundaries of time and space to explore the interconnected narratives of strength grace and spiritual elevation like beyond it just looking good, like my mind was truly blown by some of the the techniques and the art and the 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 precision in her art, uh, like the the realisticness of her the dreadlocks depicted in this goddess that she shows in all her paintings. There's one that I'm still questioning, like might get some of my savings uh, because it's definitely like affordable for for art, you know, like collecting, but it's just like, I don't want to spoil it if you go, but it for me, it just, it felt like a depiction of Black rage. And that wasn't what the piece was called. But uh, when I look at it, that's the first thing I saw. It just felt like lava and the, it was just such a, such a beautiful piece and the textures in all of her artwork, um, as well as the size, there's just <laughs> some massive, massive uh, paintings uh, that she did. So the um, the exhibit itself was just like so surreal. Um, and the gift shop was also something that I really um, appreciated when Vivian told us about it because she said that all of the art and everything for sale in the gift shop was by black artists um and i purchased a tote bag that has pictures of angela davis like screen printed pictures of like buttons of angela davis and like a black panther button and like stop lynching button and uh it came with a button that says i love a real button that says i love being black um and I work in an office that is very diverse, but there's probably about like t- 10 black people in there for real. Maybe a, a couple more, I'll, maybe like 20 black people in there and um, out of like 300, you know, and it's just like, that's just something that I'm not 100% used to coming from um, Georgia. Um, and so that's just something that I'm glad that I can carry around every day and just to make myself like feel good about like like my dollars went to a black artist on this piece that I really love and can use every day. Um, so the whole the whole experience of art and war from start to finish was just um, was breathtaking for me. The name of the piece was Sacred Rage. Oh, okay. So it was, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we were feeling the same things, me and Aramis and I. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, yes, and I was thinking like you, it was, yeah, 
close to affordable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I was I was really tempted that day to buy it, you know, and just pay it off. But yes, um, beautiful piece. I, I think any black person's felt that a few times. <laughs> I know. Well, and I laugh. I laugh, listeners, when Angie says close to affordable, because then she did the like hand motion. I'm now doing it for size because, yes, Ty was not lying when he was talking about the drastic difference in like the sizes of the pieces, which I also thought was really fascinating because I was like, it's really interesting that you don't work in just one size area. Like you're willing to work with those perspectives and getting up close to something and getting far away and painting the whole picture. Um, yeah, but I wanted to go back to your question, Andy, of what I felt like when we got there. It was just, I felt like I could breathe. I just felt, it felt like an open space of fresh air. And I was looking forward. I didn't know what to expect. So I was really looking forward to just like seeing you two, because it's been a while since I've seen you two in person. And so I was excited that we get to go do this fun activity. Um, And then my mom came and my sister came. So listeners, I am traveling all around and I'm, I stay in Vancouver, but sometimes I drive to Tacoma and hang out with my mom and then I go to Seattle. And so I drove to Tacoma and I was like, oh, hey, I'm going to this event. And then I kind of told everybody, then I got, just got so excited. Cause I was like, this can be fun. Come with us. We're going. And so then, um, they came as well. My mom was there a little earlier than me. So she kind of like looked around, met, uh, Ty for the first time and Angie for the first time and then headed out, but it was just cool. And then my sister came and hang out hung out with us. So it was just exciting. Just another opportunity to like share art with my community and the people that I really care about. Um, and I, just wanted more. I just wanted more space. That's the the one thing I can say because everything was beautiful. I wanted everything to be bigger so I could like go deeper and explore deeper into this realm and this, these universes that this artist created and that the space creates. Um, yeah. And it was just so beautiful. And so I also wanted to point out there is an exciting part of it that I really enjoy because I really love interactive art. And so there's a piece where you should really go check it out because I'm going to do it no justice with my explanation, but I'm going to explain the very basics how to, but there's like a, a beautiful created mirror and you're asked to look in the mirror and reflect on questions that are posted. And then after I think like 30 seconds or something, they want you to go and, and write down your answer and then post it up on the wall. So I had one and I think Ty did one, but there were, there were just like a couple And so I'm excited because this exhibit is relatively new at this point. So by the time listeners hear this and you go see it, it might be, there might be hundreds more. Like I'm very curious and I hope that everyone can go out and check it out and give that a try. Oh, and also we, Ty and Angie and I took some great pictures, which will be posted somewhere on our social media. Yeah, stay tuned. They're, they're coming to you. I know you're tired of the same Ty and Kiki graphics, so we have added an additional photo to our mix. I have to say that it was so fun seeing your sister, uh, Kiki, your sister and your uh, mom, because your mom came in at the same time I did, and she looked familiar, and I couldn't figure out why until I saw the two of you together. And I went, oh, that's why she looked familiar to me, because she looks like 
each other and then just watching you and your sister. I'm an only child. So, you know, and I'm watching siblings with the dynamic, the, the two of you, the way you'd be looking at paintings, you'd be talking about colors. And it was just so, I was just like, I felt like I was eavesdropping on the family, you know, because you guys were like, and the way you would laugh with each other was so cute. I loved it. You know, being a, a voyeuristic only child trying to see what other people do with their siblings because I didn't have any. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed hearing y'all plot how you're going to get that like 50 foot by 30 foot painting <laughs> inside. <laughs> they said I want it. There was this beautiful large painting. And that was, I was like, how? How could we make this work? And that's why I see, right? You're right. And she's my partner in crime. So that is. <laughs> That's my buddy. I'm glad she could come out and see it. So yeah, I'm, yeah. Angie, did you have any other questions about art noir before we move? Oh, sorry. Also, we kind of stumbled into the gallery, not gallery opening. Like, what do you call it? What's the word? It was they were the, the reception. The reception for the artist. Yeah. Yeah. So that was exciting too. So like, I think that made sense. Why I just felt like a a good energy. Like there felt like a little bit of a buzz, and it seems like we were there right when they were starting to set up. Like I saw them putting out tables and getting ready and the artist was there kind of like milling about. So that's just exciting. Yeah, it was really cool. I didn't meet the artist because we kind of all left as the reception was beginning, but mm. I got there early and it was really fun because it was obvious people who had either been asked to come or they have been at the gallery before. And I just got into some incredible conversations with people. This one couple from Edmonds and, and we were just talking and I was making comments about, um, there was a, a vendor that does, um, that does incense. And one of the incenses was, <laughs> I'm reclaiming my time. I'm reclaiming my time. <laughs> <laughs> And I, and I said, did you see this? And he started laughing and I started laughing. And then there was one with an Audre Lorde quote. And we were just talking about the incense and it was just really great. And then I want all the, all the listeners to also know it was, it's an inclusive place. I mean, because there were people of different gender, bi non-binary, you know, people were there and it felt really fine. There was no kind of feeling of, oh, why are you here? You know, and I know sometimes that can happen, you know, in in different communities that we're not always supportive of those in our communities that are different from us. You know, so it was great because the 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 young people who were um, uh, working there that day were so wonderful and everybody was very chill. So it, it's a it's an inclusive space. Um which is great to have these days since we're trying to shut off inclusiveness just about everywhere. So it's really nice to have a place where that is still valued. And that is definitely part of what Vivian said her values are for the, for the space. Mm. Um, and it's nice to have a, an anchor space for this um, reinvigoration of the central district and the, it's, it's, um, history as an African-American part of town um, and to have uh, it be elevating art. So the, the exhibit that's there is the first time that they've had an exhibit with one artist. Usually the gallery has multiple artists. It might have a theme, but it they're all different artists, not one artist. So, um, and I thought it, it's kind of wonderful to have, to see one artist's work you know, 20 or 30 pieces because you see, you get to get a better feel of uh, the depth of her thinking. 
especially on this particular idea. It's very, um, the feminine is very, very present. It's about um, amplifying and elevating women of colors, black women's femininity and the the god goddess likeness about it and who we can be as matriarchs so it's very uplifting in that way and she has a whole series that are zodiac related and with beautiful women of each sign of the zodiac so um i think it's especially for women who want to feel good and women who want to have a nice um, spiritual hit and feel they're being uplifted as a female in this universe right now, it's a good exhibit to go to. Most definitely. Well said, Angie. Yeah, it was beautiful. And I just, the amount of color, just that in that whole space, it was such a fascinating space to be in. And I'm sure like a lot of galleries just have like the, obviously like the open, everything's open and like white so that it can, or beige so that the color can pop. But it just seemed like that whole everything from the the side where all of her art was, all of that beautiful, rich color, just like a very rich, vibrant colors, but also just all the different kinds of things in that gift shop area, mm-hmm. like so many different kinds of candles, like that, just just candles of just like colors and sizes and different things that you're just like, wow, everything here is so bright. Everything just like catches and catches your eye. Candles and tea and oils and and head wraps and purses and bags. And I mean, it it was I have to go back and buy a couple of rings. There were some rings in that that display case. Yeah. And jewelry, (laughs) the rock bracelets. Yeah. Yes. The bracelets and the jewelry. I was like, I had to go buy one of these rings here. Um, So but yeah, it was really really well done but i agree with kiki that it it needs to be at least twice that size and hopefully that will happen you know that she'll that vivian will be able to expand it i know she has plans to add a recording studio and what was the other thing she was talking about in the podcast there was a recording studio oh and a maker studio so that you can actually come in and actually make art so uh those are in the plan so that's that's really cool to make that area of the central district become an artist hub, not just for gallery viewing, but for actually makers, you know, you can come record, you can come make visual art. Um, So I I think it's really a wonderful space and there, Oh, and there's lots of other retailers in that whole square and it has an internal courtyard, everybody that in the spring and summer, you can eat at the various eating vendors that offer food and there's a place for sit around. And I'm hoping, I know this, this past summer, they had some jazz concerts, but they're going to be able to have more um, actual performing situations happen in that square. Um, So I know area. Yeah. When we went, it was very rainy and gray, but I, I was just hyped because I remember you saying something about it being a really lively outdoor area. And so I was just looking at it and I was like, wow, I can see all the different possibilities for stuff here. Is that like a stage, that little area? There's, there's the, sorry, I know people, this is not helpful as I gesture towards Angie, but 
it seems like there was kind of like a lifted area and I couldn't tell if it was a stage or just like a flower bed that they gave it a little bit of a design. It's not really big enough to be a stage. Mostly people end up sitting on it. When I saw the, the jazz piece, they were out in the, on the courtyard and people were sitting around, you know, on that little raised area and little kids were running around back there. So there's a raised area with a, with flower beds, but it's not big enough to perform on. And the jazz combo I saw were out on the central courtyard. But, you know, the courtyard's big enough that if you had a larger combo and you had risers, I mean, you had an actual platform, it could be a bigger band, too, if you had um, a, a nice uh, platform set up out there. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see all the stuff they do because that space is really really beautiful and all the all the art outside on the walls too all the paintings and those beautiful like lights there are also these beautiful lights that have different um historic black figures that i'm assuming we were talking through that i was like i'm assuming everybody here is um seattle based but there was like there were different musicians and artists and engineers yeah. stuff like that yeah I, I love the side of the building that's like um um a painted mosaic almost, you know, um, I'm forgetting that the, the African tribe that does that, um, they do all of that painted art on the outside of their buildings, but it's, it, it's, it's harkening back to that. It's a, it's an homage to that on the, the panels up the walls of the building. And, you know, so many things in Seattle are drab that it's very, um, invigorating that whole space. Yeah, no. for sure. I mean, when I was walking up, like, it was like I knew exactly <laughs> where it was because I had to park, like, around the corner. So I was just kind of walking in the general area. And then I look and I see, like, a neon sign that says Midtown Square. And there's this mural with, like, Black people on it. And there's the jerk shack. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't see a sign that says Art Noir. But I'm sure I'm, like, in <laughs> somewhere within walking distance of it right here. If you're enjoying this podcast and would like to support it and other Mirror Stage programming, you can make a tax-deductible donation via our website, mirrorstage.org, or text Play It Smart to 206-888-6477. That's 206-888-MIRR. That can take us to the Jerk Shack. Y'all ready to talk about our dining, our Jerk Shack dining? Yes. <laughs> well, there's this new, uh, um, I guess they've been around, he said, since August or, yeah, because I, I remember going there with my husband and we were, we took a walk in the summer and we walked up there and we had seen the sign, but the one time we went, they weren't open yet. So, and so we went again and um, we went there to get, uh, take out lunch and um, I really appreciate their um, tostones. They do a really good job with their tostones, and they also do a good job with their um, their um, sweet plantains. Now, I didn't have the mushrooms. Oh, the other thing I thought was pretty good. I had their collard greens this time, and they're kind of nice and vinegary, like I remember my mother making them in the South. I was like, boy, these are really vinegary, <laughs> just like my mom makes them with a lot of vinegar. So I, it was like really good. The only thing I wanted was some cornbread. They don't have cornbread. I wanted cornbread for the pot liquor. I needed something to yeah. dunk into the pot liquor. <laughs> that was the missing thing. <laughs> When you said that, I was like, ah, that's exactly what this whole experience is missing. But yeah, I got the, I got the mushrooms 
Um, cause yeah, I don't, I'm not really doing a lot of meat now. So I got the mushrooms and they were so spicy and delicious, but also I wanted all the sauces. They have like two different sauces. They give you one's like a garlicky one and the other one's a hot sauce. And I just, I wanted to just buy those so I could take them home because everything was spicy, spicy and delicious. The garlicky one, the green one was really great with the to- the tostones. And then your sister got the um, mac and cheese, which I hadn't tried. And it was pretty, it was good, you know. Yeah, so. yeah um, restaurant mac and cheese is always something we're really nervous about. But um, oh, it was great. It was clearly it was clearly done by someone who loves, who loves what they do and loves mac and cheese. Yeah, I got the mac and cheese and I... I enjoyed it, but I was really wishing I got the collard greens by how much everyone else enjoyed those. And I love collard greens, and I actually didn't realize they were on the menu until after I ordered. So I was just so so set on the mac and cheese. But So go try it. <laughs> yes, go try it. Go get there with, like, a boozy lemonade or not boozy lemonade. Because, like, Bunny got the boozy lemonade, but I think somebody else got a lemonade. I got the uh, the not boozy lychee lemonade, and it was um, it was pretty good. It was, like, nice and tangy, which you'd expect from, like a, like, a boba place, honestly. And it was really good. I could see the appeal to toss a little bit of gin in there. It was a bit, like, it, it tasted like it was made to hold a bit more, uh, something a little stronger. But it was still very good. And um, and I got the jerk chicken. And as one who, um, like, I would frequent Caribbean restaurants in Atlanta. So I'm, like, used to a lot more kick in my jerk. Um, but that being said, this was, you know, there was a good bit of spice in it. And it was very flavorful, very good. So um, definitely, if you're, like, in the area and you want some good Caribbean food and some nice, like, jerk chicken and uh, red beans and rice. That was also really good. I always enjoyed red beans and rice. Um, but theirs was really, really flavorful and paired well with their sauces and stuff as well, too. Uh, so definitely worth uh, worth checking out. No beef patties. Don't go looking for uh, uh, the Jamaican beef patties. That is, like, what I'm obsessed with, and it's, it's like, only a couple of spots to get them in Seattle. Um, and this is not one of them, unfortunately. But everything else on the menu was really good that I tried. So I'm excited to go back. Well, I'm. I wanted to say I'm also here for this. Uh, like new section we have of this podcast, which is we review food. This is like I was like I'm here for this, and I think that this is an excuse for us all to like get together again and go try more delicious food. A thousand percent. We all need to go across the street to communion and we also need to go to the other restaurants in the midtown, like uh, uh, the neighbor lady and places like that. Yeah. I wanted to go to to that neighbor lady because I didn't, I had no idea what that was, but when we, I was like, Oh, this looks, this looks interesting. Yeah. They have, um, it's a bar, but they have homemade, they have salads, they have soups. Um, I haven't been there since they moved there because they closed. They used to be next to, um ike's the pot shop anyway um i have my feelings about that place but anyway <laughs> won't get into that right now uh and she and i and i used to go there pretty frequently she had a kale salad that i love and then um then i bought her out and so then she disappeared and 
So now she's in the Midtown Square again. So that that's really cool. And my neighbor next, my next door neighbor, I think, is working there a couple of days during the weekend. But I haven't been there when, when my neighbor's been working. But yeah, there's that place. And then what's the other one? Oh, Miss Helen's is opening up again. Yeah. Uh, and that was a fixture in the area. Yeah. I didn't realize communion was right across the street too. I've been wanting to try there since we uh, interviewed with black and tan hall, Karen Turing yeah. and shouted them out. Uh, so we'll try to get in yeah. those doors. I hear they're like hard to, hard to get like a table or something, but I'll wait. I don't care. Are, <laughs> yeah. They're a higher price point too. It's like, you know, you go there, you're going to drop some cash, but um you know, I and there's a lot of stuff on the menu I don't eat. You know, so it's you know I'd be doing the black eyed peas and something else, but there's a lot of meat, so um, I have to look at the stuff that I want to eat there. So. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think that should be another like podcast thing that we do is visit restaurants. <laughs> do restaurants? I'll definitely be down. There's a a list. I mean, we have we we've taken on uh, nutrition before, so. Right. <laughs> we now have have a food food component <laughs> listeners write in tell us where you want us to go eat <laughs> <laughs> so was there anything else you wanted to say about our our field trip that day i just want to say i had a lot of fun and i want to do another field trip like i was like oh this is fun like i know we you know we like we read the book we um had these conversations we did the nutrition but i'm like oh but like let's do it together yeah <laughs> let's get out and like be in person and you know connect with the the community in, per in person and that was one thing that i really enjoyed about it was just being able to like get away from like you know, not to say that I need to get away from being a parent, because I definitely don't want that. But just to step outside of, you know, that for a second and step outside of, you know, being, you know, 10 minutes down the road from my office and everything like that. Like, while I'm up here, I just feel like I'm working and locked in. And that gave me a second to not only just get away for a bit, but um also be in in a space um for for black people by black people to live black art and like i said that's like what i create every day and i didn't feel like um that it existed in me it was like a deficit um from moving to atlanta from atlanta to here it's like going from being immersed in black culture every single second of every day to like having to look for it and wonder where it is and like wonder if, if how it will be taken if you display your culture and things like that. And not even that anybody has made me feel a way, but it's just like it's rare here. So it's I I don't you know, I'm, I move different how I should say so um, it it was just so great to just be able to um, to see this black art on display and also to give me like something in my mind. You know, I, I definitely don't want to step into oil painting anytime soon. But Art Noir also had like big, large prints on display and like uh, fashion from like black artists on sale in the gift shop. So 
it just like gave me hope that like okay maybe when i'm ready to really start you know developing a brand and like putting all of my own art out into the world instead of just like working so much on like building my portfolio with the organizations that i work with um it gave me hope that i could have my art in a gallery and it be elevated to the level uh, that you know you hear about like the soft speeds of the world and how collectors covet everything that they vet you know there's no reason that black art can't be associated with um at the same level and elevated to the same sense um so it was just really i'm i'm still quote unquote high from that visit and uh it's really I'm glad it happened in January because now I just feel like the whole year is just going to be like, all right, like if I need to take a weekend and just step into Art Noir real quick and like refresh, uh, it's going to be there. So. And, you know, um, I also come from Georgia, but I've been living out here for like over 30 years. So that whole idea of I know what it's like to feel kind of isolated out here. I know when I go home to Georgia, there's a, even though I'm going home to a place where I grew up under segregation, there's just a different feel when you go, like my shoulders go down because I don't feel like if I go into a store, everybody's watching me because there's black clerks, mm -hmm. there's black cops, there's black, you know, it's like, it's a whole different feeling. You know, even it's not Atlanta, but Athens is still a university town. So, you know, it's still kind of um, there's a different feeling yeah. for sure. So I understand what you're saying, especially with you living on the north end that you're in right now, where you really are kind of isolated um, to come into the CD, even though the CD is definitely not as black and brown as it was when I moved here because <laughs> um, uh, it's gotten quote unquote gentrified. But I'm really glad that there is this, um, I forget what it's called, um, the group that's making sure that that um, the um, region around that area is um, reconnected to Black people and that it's not, all the real estate isn't leaving or isn't being um, taken out of the hands of people of color. So uh, there's a, uh, an initiative in the city to make sure that that doesn't happen so i mean that was one of the things that when we had the flood and um in 2006 2007 um and a lot my whole area my neighborhood got flooded um so many people moved and i was saying if i'm the last black person standing i'm not moving because i don't want it to just turn into a bunch of condos because they're gonna like do a you know it's like a fire sale like Katrina where all the black people get chased out and, and people buy your property at a, de a depressed price. And then they put up townhomes. I was like, Nope, I'm staying. <laughs> Even if I'm the only last black person on the street. Cause I was like, I didn't want all my neighbors to disappear. And you know, a few of us did stay and some people did leave, but um, it was a crisis time in terms of money and all that. So um, I felt like, not having any children and, and that, that like we could weather it a little bit better than people who had other choices to make. But I felt very strongly that I didn't want to be this whole neighborhood to get chased away because of the trauma and the tragedy of that and having to fight the city to get our reimbursements. So that was a, learning a lot about the politics of the city when you go through a disaster like that, where they have to pay for it. <laughs> um so um so yeah I'm, it is a great invigorating place that area of town so um the other thing i was just thinking about is that we should do 
try to go to some performances together and then do, you know, podcasts about local performances. That would be very interesting too. Okay. Well, this is very interesting. Anything else we have to say before we finish up? Just our call to action. Everyone go see this exhibit. If you're listening to this before May 15th, 2024, there is still time for you to see Once Upon a Space Time. So our next call to action, you can also check out Midtown Square in general and get a bite to eat from one of the restaurants in there. We went to Jerk Shack, but there's also the Neighbor Lady, Communion, um, and whatever else over there sparks your interest. Totally. Check out the neighborhood. Like in that general, just like go over there, go see all the pretty things we talked about, take a picture of some of these beautiful murals, all that. But with that, we want to say thank you all so much for listening. We are looking forward to chatting more with you all soon. Until then, share this episode with your friends and let's keep this conversation about Black arts going. Take care, Seattle. And sweet dreams, Seattle. This program is supported in part by a grant from the Washington State Arts Commission and the National Endowment of the Arts. We would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle, the Duwamish and Coast Salish people, past and present, and honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish and Coast Salish tribes. If you like what you've heard and would like to support this podcast or other Mirror Stage programming, you can donate at our website, mirrorstage.org, or text Play It Smart to 206 206- 888-6477. Thank you everyone for listening. This podcast is available on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So if you are finding us on any of those platforms, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe if possible. 